This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Hello, Eno Saris, our national baseball columnist. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. You know, we're just, you know, last year it was rough trying to get ready for the season. You had the lockout. We were off the air for the lockout because they didn't want anything stupid being said to come back on us. So it was actually a good idea because there was a lot of negativity. And then we came back on and went to spring training, and we knew this was going to be a rough year. Still could be another rough year. We know this team's going to be better. But the thing that, like, we were just talking about, when you look at first base, when you look at a lot of the young pitching, there's going to be competition, and the A's are going to be better this year. Yeah, I think you're much more representative across the lineup. I, I do think that there is some going to be some difficulty up the middle offensively. Uh, as much as I love Nick Allen's glove, and um, I love you know uh, Christian Pache's glove, um, and I think Shea Langoliers is going to be a really solid defensive catcher. Uh, Somebody up the middle needs to step up, and that's why I think it may be Esperi Ruiz yeah. in center from to, from the get-go because he's got more offensive ability, I think, at least in the short run uh, than Pache. And I think you you send Pache back to uh, the minor leagues and you say it's, it's all about working on contact and power and uh, the things that will make you uh, even better. So I just don't see that kind of solution at, at shortstop uh, for this team. I, I'm – um, I think they may just have to go with uh, Nick Allen is great defensively. Ruiz has gotten more fascinating ever since the <laughs> trade because, you know, we're investigating it. So I called down. I talked to Bob Melvin. Melvin told me about how the Padres absolutely love him. They really love him, hated to get rid of him. But when you're going to get Josh Hader, you're going to have to give up something. So then all of a sudden we heard from David Forrest that Keith Lippman, A's Hall of Famer who just retired, who people know is one of the best guys in baseball for so many years at evaluating talent, long time ago saw Ruiz play in Double A and texted David and said, David, this guy is spectacular. One of the reasons why the A's went after Ruiz last year, even before we're talking about this trade, they went after him. There's a lot of people out there who believe Ruiz could be a special talent and with the rule changes, I don't know. With all these guys, we don't know how much they're going to hit. But if there was ever a time for Ruiz to break into Major League Baseball, wouldn't you say this is the year with his speed? Yeah, he had, what, like 89 stolen bases last year across three levels. Uh, and now the, the bases are bigger and the base paths are shorter. And 
the pitchers all are on pitch clocks and, uh, you know, nervous about uh, throwing over. They can only throw over to first base twice. So, yeah, he's going to run some havoc out there. And, you know, I think the real question is how much contact he's going to make. He, he had some uh, spots in the lower minor leagues where he wasn't making that much contact. Um, and then as he advanced, he improved that part of his game. How much he's going to walk again. He improved that part of the game as he as he went through the minor leagues. And the last part that, um, you know, I've actually I was I was negative about this at the trade. Uh, he doesn't hit the ball hard. Um, but if he makes contact and takes walks, that won't be as important. And another thing that I didn't consider at the time that is interesting is that he bunts a lot and he bunts to try and hit. So these aren't bunts. These aren't sacrifice bunts and bunts. Um, they really mess up the stats when it comes to bad ball quality. Cause the, the sort of eye in the sky, the, like, you know, like the, the, the machine that is, that is, that is grading you. It doesn't know it's a it's a bunt, really. It just says, "Oh, you hit that ball fifty miles an hour. Like, <laughs> that's bad." Yeah, you know, like it doesn't. It, it, it you know, you kind of have to you know take the bunts out. And so, if you take the bunts out, I think you know some of his uh, stats look better. Um, and he and I don't think he's going to be a thirty home room hitting guy. No, but if he if he hits fifteen, uh, then he could be a star. Because he could be the kind of star that hits you 15, steals you 50, uh, gets on base, you know, 320, 330 OPP, uh, and uh, turns a lot of singles into doubles by being, standing on second base pretty quickly. I remember a guy like Brett Butler, Otis Nixon, <clears throat> who utilized yeah. the bunt to, 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 to really change defenses and to get bunt base hits. Uh, Kenny Lofton, even though he had some pretty decent pop, and, you know, we can – you know, talk about him with baseball hall of fame and his success in his career, but he had the ability to drop it down. You know, that, that one extra base hit every week or two weeks, what that does for your stats looks pretty good. And speaking of, you know, it's so funny where, you know, so many times we don't, you know, batting average, it's overrated, but then when a guy doesn't hit, we talk about, Oh, he doesn't make a whole lot of contact. Uh, speaking of a guy who makes a lot of contact, arrives going down to South Florida, Lopez and some prospects coming up to Minnesota. How do you like the deal for both teams? It was recently announced just about an hour ago. Yeah, uh, see, I think a, there's some potential for Ruiz to 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 you know have that arise ability to to hit for a high average, um, but Ruiz is like I think going to be a better defender. Uh, and he's way faster. Arise is a, a kind of a weird uh, a situation where he's a little bit like a bad-bodied um, uh, contact singles hitter. You know, like he's he's really good at hitting singles. Uh, he's not amazing at defense. He's not amazing at base running. Um, and he's you know, he's had some injuries. So I can see from uh, Minnesota's perspective why they would trade him. Um, he wasn't a natural starter at any of their positions. They have Jorge Polanco, Carlos Correa, Alex Kirloff at first. You know, they, they have guys everywhere. Juan Miranda at third. So it was a little bit surplus for them. The uh, Marlins have said publicly that they want to make more contact. And that makes sense. You know, teams that make more contact do better in the postseason. Uh, you know, with the shift, you know, teams that make more contact are going to, with the, with, with the shift rules changing, teams that make more contact are going to put more balls in play, going to get on base more often. So uh, I can see why they did. Also, they have a tough park. You know, it could it could make sense for Oakland to do the same thing, to just really prioritize contact. At the same time, um, the Marlins gave up a pretty good starting pitcher 
and two prospects for three years of Luis Arias, who is not sort of a, he's not a shortstop. He's not like a huge, he's not a power hitter. He's kind of a singles hitting, you know, utility guy who's what he's been in, in Minnesota. So I like this deal for Minnesota. They got two prospects and a pitcher uh, for their utility guy, basically. Is this enough to take down Cleveland? Uh, it certainly helps. Uh, they've had injury uh, problems in Minnesota, and to some to some extent, I I think that's they've leaned into it. They traded for Chris Baddock, you know, while he was like I think he'd just been injured, and he got injured again. Tyler Molly, uh, another guy they traded for as a pitcher, uh, he was hurt uh, before they've got him, and he was hurt after they got him. Uh, so they've you know Kenta Maeda had Tommy John, uh, Sonny Gray has been hurt. So to get uh, Paulo Lopez and give them five with Bailey Ober, who's a very good pitcher, um, as their sixth in the minor leagues, now they have the minor, they have the kind of the pitching depth to go toe to toe with Cleveland. That's the thing that Cleveland's always had, right? You know, they're always, yeah. oh, Tons. here's a new guy, yeah. here's a new pitcher. <laughs> yeah, we got another one. Um, and so Minnesota now goes like six, seven deep, and if they get hurt, they can so they can hang with Cleveland pitching wise. And I think they have better hitters than Cleveland when you consider power, when you consider the whole thing. Cleveland is very good at singles and like and making contact, but there's more power in Minnesota. Buxton, Correa, you know, the, the Miranda can hit for power. Kirilov is going to hit for power. So, yeah, I think this is enough to 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 make it a legit three team race in that in that division. All right. You've got to bet your kids college fund. So this is either they can go anywhere they want to go, it doesn't matter, or you're out of money and they got to go to community college, all right? You have to make this bet. This is the college bet. So I can't waffle. No, you have to you're, – you're either you, – Byron Buxton is <laughs> going to be going into uh, 29 years old. He has only played 100 games one time. Would you bet that Byron Buxton, would you bet this season, because this must be the season, he and Correa prime, would you bet, I'll even make it 130 games, would you bet your kids, college tuition, Byron Buxton plays 130 or more games? No. No? No. When you, when you were talking about 100, I was, I was, getting, I was getting a little nervous. I might have said yes. <laughs> We're, we're hoping that this superstar can play a hundred games. Yes. Wow. Yes, we are. If he can play a hundred games, uh, he should be, you know, an all-star, you know, he, he put up four wins last year, 92 games. And that's, that's an all-star four wins. So he's a really exciting player, but I, I, I would not bet my, I would not bet that sort of thing on a 130 games. No, I wouldn't. I asked, uh, and something that uh, for the first time you're a part of, I asked, Cody, the commander, this question earlier. Is there any joy left with the Baseball Hall of Fame and oh my God, and, 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 and players being uh, the voting, who's voting, how we're voting? That used to be something that we all loved. It was such a big deal. Ugh. Is there any joy? Look at your face. Look how miserable. There's no joy left in this process. Do you know, it's like it's something I looked forward to when I started out and it takes you 10 years to get there. Right. And over that 10 years, by the time I, my vote appeared this year, I was like, Oh man, 
I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> well, one year in, one and done. <laughs> I mean, I think I think what's been just been going on is that uh, the the marriage of social media and the way that we now argue online and the way that we interact with each other online um, has has just gotten so bad that it's a it's really bad when it's paired with the hall of fame discussion you know i if you followed a team forever and you and you your perspective is i'm a Braves fan andrew jones was you know the best center fielder defensively i've ever seen uh he hit the youngest home run in the in the world series he was 19 years old he had that smile he was a he yeah that was a hall of famer i saw it i saw it that was a hall of famer i know it i'm a Braves fan and i know it I, I totally, I have total respect for that opinion. And I, in fact, voted for Andrew Jones. And I grew up in Atlanta. So those people were my compatriots when I was growing up. At the same time, why is it appropriate to say the types of things that people say to people online when you, they don't vote for Andrew Jones? Like, when did that become appropriate? Like, this, the types of DMs that I got, I didn't vote for Jimmy Rollins. I voted for Bobby Abreu over Jimmy Rollins because Bobby Abreu was consistently excellent for a long time. And that's really hard sometimes to see because you're like, he was never a top 10 player. Yeah, but he was like the 12th best player for like six years in a row. You know, so it's like, you know, that's still good too. That's still kind of Hall of Fame worthy too. And Jimmy Rollins was much more sort of a star and, you know, when they won game, when they won, when they were in the World Series, Jimmy Rollins was a shortstop. I get that. When I look at the numbers, Bobby Bray is a Hall of Famer. Jimmy Rollins is not. I got some horrible, horrible DMs, just awful DMs, types of stuff where I should do harm to myself, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's, I almost wanted to like tweet out my vote and just turn off every computer in my house, you know, for days because it was just awful. We still love you, though. You know that. <laughs> we love you. That's all matters. Ace Cast loves you. And I think I think it really is because uh, fans see this sort of discussion through the lens of their team and their fans of their players. And yeah. so when you don't vote for their player, it feels like you've not only offended their, their you've offended their fandom of their team, you've offended their team, and you've offended that player. So it's it can be very close to them. And the sad thing is is that this has been going on for a long, long time. I mean, this dates back to Pete Rose. Now we're dealing with the PED guys and the PED. Carlos Beltran. Yeah, the PED guys are not going away. I mean, Cody today was texting me the stuff going, man, when you look at Manny Ramirez's numbers from Cleveland to Boston. Bananas. They're crazy. I mean, you, you look at the club Paul Merrow's in, let alone Bonds, Clemens, A-Rod, all these guys. And Sammy Sosa. 3,000 hits. I mean, Mark McGuire, these guys are not even in. And then all of a sudden, like, we're now into the spy, the, the guys who spy. I I have a feeling that even though the New England Patriots multiple times have been caught cheating and spying, I have a feeling Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are going to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 100% I'm going not. In. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not a football expert. I just think there's going to be two busts in Canton, one for Brady and one for Bill Belichick. And they. So, But we're going to be dealing with, I mean, think about it. Once Altuve shows up, which is God knows how many years, and then after he retires, it's five. We're going to be still dealing with 
the cheating guys for years from years from now. It's like, oh, I'm exhausted. So, so I, I have a, we've, we've talked about this a couple of times, but I don't think I've tried this argument out on you. All and right. So I'm just, we're just trying arguments out on each other. Sure, go we ahead. Talk, we talk so often. Right? It's one bit experiment here on Ace Cast Live. <laughs> but, but, but this is a one that uh, kind of resonated with me, which is this. Uh, so when they created the steroid policy, the players and, uh, and the, and ownership came together. It's like a collectively bargained situation, right? Correct, yes. Steroid policy. And in that steroid policy, the owners and the players had the opportunity to say that if you got in trouble, you were ineligible for the Hall of Fame. They could have put that in. They could have easily have put that in. There are things I don't that you know, can get I, in I, trouble I, for. Okay, that- I don't know if they could do that. Because the Baseball Hall of Fame is it, separate, is independent, and that's something that people don't realize. So mm. when So when Pete Rose was taken off the ballot... That was not done by Major League Baseball. That had nothing to do with That's play- not because he was ineligible, like he, he's they, on the banned list from baseball? They took it. Yes, they, they Baseball Hall of Fame made those decisions. That wasn't Major League. Major League, Major League. Major League Baseball does not, has never set policy for the Baseball Hall of Fame. It is because, independent. And that's why they can say you're ineligible for the postseason. If you test, if you test positive, because yeah, it's their game, yeah, but because that's ma- their game. Major League Baseball does not own, operate, or set policy for the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's murky, but that the reality is that's that. That's it's not MLB's. It it's not MLB's property. You nope. know, it's a Hall of Fame. It's a it's a separate building. It's Correct. a thing that they run. But I like what you're saying, though. I if that was possible, yeah, that would have helped out a lot of people. Uh, But I do tend to look at, I try to look at what baseball says for guidance. So when it comes to the Beltron thing, um, they were very clear that anything that would happen would happen to the organizations and not the players. There's a memo that went out to all the teams, even when they broke the news that the, that the Astros were in trouble. No, none of the players got in trouble. You know, there is some aspect of that where they had to talk to the players to even get the information. They had to tell the players they wouldn't get in trouble in order to talk to them. However, even in the memo that went out in late September to 2017, after the Yankees and the Red Sox got in trouble, you know, for the same thing the Astros did in that memo, they said front offices and teams are going to be responsible for this. So to my perspective, and even from just a baseball perspective, my perspective is Carlos Beltran is trying to win games. You know, and and like maybe maybe he maybe in some part of it, it says, oh, this is going a little bit further than most people. But is it? I mean, what they're trying to do is break signs. That happens all the time on the field. Like they're trying to do it at second base. They're trying to do it. You're trying to get, you know, like you're you're on the front step of the thing trying to be like, does the pitcher have a tell? Can I is he tipping pitches? What's going on? Do Can I tell that? Can I tell the bunt signal? That's what they're trying to do. He's a massive competitor trying to do this. We love that David Ortiz can figure out what pitch is coming, but we hate it when Carlos Beltran does it because he took it a little bit further. I don't know. I, I voted for Carlos Beltran. Uh, there's no question he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, and and this this the stuff that you're talking about happened at the end of his career. He had truly one of the great postseason runs of all time. He was Babe Ruth in the playoffs with the Houston Astros. He was hitting a home run. Remember that? He was hitting a home run 
Like, like every game of the postseason. He had one of the greatest postseasons we have ever seen. I mean, he is truly a great player. The numbers don't lie. Fine, punish him. Don't allow him to be the manager of the, of, of the Mets. Take that dream away. But to keep him from the Baseball Hall of Fame, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Three, 307, 412 OBP, 609 slugging career for the postseason. 16 homers and 256 at plate appearances. I mean, that's a guy who hits you 30 homers, steals you 25 bags, hits 300, playing center field, uh, you know, hitting third for your, your team. And that's what he did in the playoffs when everything was on the line, you know, and then, and then just like for his career, just a guy who got on base, made a lot of contact, played great center field defense, uh, just a real good all around player that played for a while. And, uh, was on postseason teams, you know, like I think that's an all Hall of Famer for me. They want you, the voter, to be the moral police. Like all of a sudden, that's, he, that's he, sort of what I'm talking yeah. about with the collectively bargain thing. It's like it's it, they seems like, like they've kind of absolved themselves of, oh, you you're the voter. The, yes, there's this moral clause, but we're not going to tell you what that means. You know, there, there's a moral clause. I, I'm allowed to use the morals uh, to decide, but does that mean Kurt Schilling is in or Kurt Schilling is out? Or does that mean Omar Vizquel is in or Omar Vizquel is out? You know, like all these guys, there's so many, you know, things that have that they've done. Now I'm now I'm all of a sudden in their bedroom, you know, all of a sudden, you know, making decisions about. Yeah. Politics. I mean, let's yeah. face it. You know, the one thing like Kurt Schilling, and, you know, obviously, Kurt Schilling kind of went off the deep end at one point with Twitter. But even before that, people weren't voting for him because of politics. Had nothing. Yeah, to- you think so? Before the, the before the news, the comment about journalists? Yeah. They, 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 people had made up their minds well before that. So it's like, wait a minute. Are we not? Are we talking about how Kurt Schilling views how the United States should be run? Or are we viewing Kurt Schilling as a big game major league pitcher? For multiple, I mean, you're talking about multiple playoffs. Whether what what he did years ago for for God's sake was in in Philly. What he did in Philly, then in Arizona, then in Boston. I mean, to look at his career and say he's not a Hall of Famer is crazy. Yeah, I mean, big game pitcher was there was there a better big game pitcher? I mean, him and Randy Johnson, what a what a duo that was. And yeah, the but, it, whole, but it's the not whole bloody sock thing. And it's not. It's I forget fair. It's not right what they've put on you guys. Your job should be able to look at a guy's career, what you watched, what you see with the numbers, and decide, is this guy a baseball Hall of Famer or not? Because now it's gotten so murky, and once again, we're going to take this all these years now. Uh, you know, We went from gambling to PEDs now to spying. Who knows in the next few years what, what the next well, – we'll try and cancel players years from now on something else, but – you're gonna but, go- but look at the, the 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 issue of domestic violence over the years. Yeah. I, you know, now it's being reported, and so now we know it. And but but how many players in the '50s were doing stuff that like even the writers knew about, but didn't think that it was important to consider? And now and now we're handing out year long suspensions about them. You know, so now of course if someone's had a year long suspension for a domestic violence issue and they're out for the Hall of Fame, like you're going to consider it. Yeah. I mean it's very just very different than than now. So 
Yeah, the joy uh, is gone, my friend. Unfortunately, something that meant so much to us in this game, it, it's just it's like there's no joy left in it. It's like it's just so painful. And then you got a guy, let's face it, not every Hall of Famer is equal. Like, like, like for the A's, if you're going to put Ricky Henderson up on a stage and put Scott Rowland next to Ricky Henderson, Scott Rowland shrinks, right? If you put, yeah. if you put Reggie Jackson, Reginald Martinez Jackson, Mr. October, and you take Scott Rowland or Bobby Abreu and put him next to they're going to look small, right? But those are there's certain Hall of Famers that were truly just the greats of the greats, and then there's other guys who make the Hall of Fame. Scott Rowland is worthy of not being one of the greats. He's not Mays. He's not Mantle. He's not Williams. He's not, he's, he, you know, he's not Hank Aaron. But he's, you know, you can say Scott Rowland's a Hall of Famer. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Hall guy, especially since one thing that's happened is that by percentages, you can see that we are voting fewer people in as there's more. It's sort of like a reverse recency bias where there's just more and more players. So it takes more to kind of take our attention. You know what I mean? And so as a percentage, we're voting fewer, fewer people in. And I don't think that's quite fair either. So I just look at the numbers and Roland's Roland's there for me. But um, I I understand what people were saying. Roland and Abreu uh, in particular, uh, Helton actually, you know, maybe in that group too, where just really, really, really good players. And if your line is just they're in the hall of really good and, and I think they're in the Hall of Fame. That's fine. I also just want to have a, like a reasonable discussion about it. Not, like maybe maybe we could also um, have certain layers within the Hall of Fame, like a, a, a Rushmore, you know, or a, 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 a top 10 or something. You know what I mean? Like maybe there could be additional um, uh, sort of heights you could reach within the Hall of Fame, different additional honors within. Yeah. Maybe, you know, an inner circle, you know, because it's actually a physical place. Maybe there could be an inner circle of you know first layers and other layers beyond baseball and I, I don't know how you change it but like basketball is the basketball hall of fame so it's not the nba hall of fame it's the basketball mm. hall of fame so if you were a great player in college and then you're a great player in the nfl you know or if you were a great player internationally and you came over and played in the nba all of your career counts that makes it easier and you get less of this animosity and then football, because we understand what a violent and tough game it is, most guys don't play. To, no one's really going to play 20 years. You know, it's very so rare. So it's longevity is not your, – your counting stats are not as important. Yeah, nobody, he, nobody cares exactly how many yards you, you threw or, or ran or whatever. Yeah, you're not going to dock Gale Sayers for when he hurt his knee. They didn't have that modern science to fix the knee like they do today. He was true greatness. You know, guys right. didn't have to play 12 years to be in the NFL Hall of Fame. So it's like, what what are we going to do? Put Tom Brady in the Hall of Fame, and then you're going to compare every quarterback? Because that's kind of what we do now, right? We look at it and we go, oh, I know Hall of Famers. He, he's not Willie Mays. Yeah, he's not Hank Aaron. He's not Babe Ruth. And you're like, <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, seriously. <laughs> you tell me Ryan, Ryan Sandberg is not Willie Mays, but Ryan Sandberg deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of yeah, Fame. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. what I say. You're going to put Tom Brady in with seven, seven right? Seven Super, Bowl t- seven Super Bowl titles. He's played, what, 14 AFC and NFC title games? What, if, if everybody didn't do what Tom Brady did, you're a quarterback. He's you not never, a Hall of Famer you know, get in the Hall yeah. of Fame? Like, stop it. Like, come on. That's why I was saying, like, inner circle, first ballot, you know, we kind of laugh about these things, but they, they're meaningful. They kind of give us a separation between you know, within the Hall of Fame. I can tell you, we went down to fantasy camp. I think that would be something 
uh, you would really enjoy. It was – you want to talk about bringing – Yeah, the, I saw you guys. If you want to bring the joy back, like baseball in your heart. Totally. Everyone looked like – everyone's got a big smile on their face the whole time. I mean, it didn't matter. They're banging up their shoulders and their knees, and they're blowing hammies, and they're enjoying every minute of it. So what's the general idea? Is like just everyday Joes can play alongside – you know Dallas and you no, know. they're they're your coaches. So what uh, happens is is you go down, you play golf. We went to Top Golf. You have you know I mean you're partying every night really. It's a you uh, know so there's there's a few libations which I know you approve of. Um, there's that going on, but during the day they have a skills test. They get drafted, and then all the teams just play against each other till they end up having a championship game. So like your coach is going to be Terry Steinbach. Your coach is going to be. Uh, Dallas Braden or Bobby Crosby or Barry Zito or the great Dave Stewart. And, I mean, can you imagine you're playing for Dave's at Shooty Babbitt? I mean, all these guys. I mean, and it's so cool because and, – and, and every single team does this. So, every team has their great. So, can you imagine you're sitting there and you're playing for Dave Stewart and you grew up idolizing Dave Stewart? It's just like everybody, all these 30, 40, 50-year-olds turn – even even sick people in their 60s – they turn into kids to get again, mm-hmm. and they enjoy the game. Yeah, yeah. You'd love yeah, it. That's that's fun. Yeah. You would love it to go down and cover it. I guarantee you, you'd find a lot. You'd find a lot of stories in it. Yeah, yeah. It'd just be fun to be around everyone having such a good time. All right. Uh, quickly, does anybody get in on Tuesday? I think Scott Rowland. It's it's going to be really close. Uh, thank God we have McGriff going in. So yes, McGriff. I cheated on that answer. And think about <laughs> and th- and think about how great Fred McGriff was, and the fact that it took this long to get him in is is to me, it's a joke. He was truly clean and one of. Well, the- I'd like to hear from him and Roland, and and if w- Wagner's also close, uh, I, they're trending right now. Wagner and Roland are in, but usually on the politic on the on the public ones, you you, you take a shit your haircut before they're all out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, they're trending like at 76%. So they may not make it in, but I think it'd be really great to have, uh, to hear from McGriff, Wagner and Roland. I think that would be a, a really fun weekend because they're, they're pretty different people, you know, and, uh, and different shades of, you know, how, how loud and boisterous they are and just how, how, how different they are. But I've, I've, I've covered some Wagner. Uh, I've talked to McGriff and I, I would just love to hear what they have to say. Let's end on this. Speaking of trending, is this really, I mean, this is hard to believe. Non-alcoholic beer is really trending now? What? Yeah, it, uh, it grew 9%. The sector grew 9% last year where craft beer was up 1%. So I think what's happening is younger people are drinking less and the you know, the drinks uh, community is saying, well, we need to make something for them. But for me, the, uh, the beers are still far behind. Uh, my favorite non-alcoholic, if you want a re- recommendation, yeah. uh, and I like this one, Lagunitas Hop Refresher. And what it is, it's like almost like a, a seltzer water with a kind of a hoppy taste to it. It's really good. I think it's really good. And what's great about it, too, is, you know, seltzer water is usually acidic. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, the, the the chemistry of this is it's not as, as acidic. So it's a, kind of like a smooth, uh, refreshing, kind of bubbly hop drink. It's it, it might sound gross to you, but it's really no, good. no. I mean, the reality is, when you look at people, I've stopped drinking after all those years. I, I feel better than I've ever felt. I mean, maybe these young people are so it's less sugar in your body. Alcohol is bad for you in so many different ways. 
Uh, you talk about how all the different ways. I'm not trying to do a, a certain state, but alcohol. Can There's be- a New York Times piece out just now that like no amount is really that good is good for you. There used to be like a, a you know a cup of wine a day is is good for you. They, there's a New York Times piece out recently that said nope. Yeah, no, I, no I amounts mean, really good for you. I have people who now they they find out that I'm not drinking and they they like oh my god because I let's face it I I partied a lot I partied all over the world and I'm not taking it back I had a great time <laughs> but as I turned 50 and had a physical and a blood test I was my cholesterol level and my blood pressure were at basically stroke and heart attack level and my doctor wow. had, my doctor had that hey you got to change everything you want to see your grandkids you want to see your kids get married you got to change wow. your lifestyle so I just I dove into the pool and said all right I'm done I've had a great time doing what I did but at a time but so you know, I, I understand that where you would say I mean who knows 20 years from now I mean the percentage we always talked about oh Bud Light only is four and a half percent you know you may see that percentage then people are like you know I don't want all those calories you know but right? light and now we have like extra light and ultra light and you know all these like super light beers uh and then another thing that's interesting I, I don't know if you've noticed this yet but uh you know I, I have a, a brother-in-law who's uh who's sober and um you know, I, I've noticed this, that like, if he's holding a non-alcoholic beer in his hands, people are a little bit more comfortable because they don't, they're not confronted with their own drinking. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like if you weren't drinking, if you're like obviously drinking water and I'm having like my third beer, I'm be like, you know, <laughs> I don't really drink that much. <laughs> you know how many, I, I, I don't know if that's going to start happening to you where people start telling you they don't drink that much. You know, don't don't judge that. It's a Saturday. It's the holidays. Well, you, yeah, and you're and you're really like on your seventh or eighth beer at the party. Yeah. <laughs> so, so hey, hold, I don't judge. I was that guy. Beer, I was that guy. If you hold guy. a non-alcoholic beer, you can uh, yeah. you can avoid those conversations. Well, I'm looking. I, I tell you, Fancy Camp got me really excited. Like you know, the fresh grass, 75 degrees, out of the rain. I was in For like shorts. 30, 30 days or so. I mean, I'm ready. To, I'm I'm ready for baseball. I'm ready. Crack of the bat. I, I mean, after watching 50 year olds play, I'm ready to watch the greatest <laughs> players in the world. Here, get, get some Asturias Ruiz out there. Somebody who can really run. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we, we got competition, man. We got, I'm not saying we're going to be good. I just know we're going to be better, but there's actually hey, talent there for the A's to watch. I really like Fujinami. Ruiz could really turn out to be something good. They got like, 10 starting pitchers so like they're not gonna they're not gonna run out of starting pitchers it is a little dicey on the hitting front but you know somebody's gonna step forward you know what i, I do we got time yeah talk about quickly that my fault i didn't ask me i didn't yeah i was so into hall of fame because it's coming on tuesday uh but people people think he's gonna uh a lot of people think he's best used as a reliever but one of the reasons that he came out here and i think he, i saw this maybe force talking with you one of the reasons he came here was that uh, he was promised to start to start. So he's going to get that chance to start. What's really exciting about him is he throws 96 with a devastating split splitter. He's a real high stuff guy. He'll be the best stuff in the rotation along with Waldachuk. And along with Waldachuk, both of them sometimes have command issues. So it'll be interesting to see if they can find something that he can command, if they can refine some of his delivery. He's going to, uh, Fujinami is going to encounter some training that he doesn't necessarily have, have gotten in Japan. A lot of the sort of driveline-esque, the, the tech, the stuff that we're doing here, they're not doing as much in Japan. So there is a, a possibility that they clean something up. He also had one of his best years in the last four years, last year in Japan, where he had some of his best commands. So maybe he's already done that work. 
Either way, I can't wait for people to see that splitter. It is a devastating, nasty, nasty splitter. He throws 96. It, like this is this he could be an ace if it all if it all breaks right. Can you imagine Shintaro against Otani? What the what the crowd would be like in Oakland? Yeah, it'd be really really fun. The press box will be full. It'd be like the, it'd, be, it'd be like watching a game at the Tokyo Dome without the roof. It'll be go, it'll be nuts. I'm telling you. I think it would nuts. be really fun. And, and and you know he's uh, he's got a legit fastball. Where you Darvish kind of is like breaking ball, breaking ball, breaking ball, breaking ball. You know, Fujinami's like I'm going to challenge you with this 96 to 98, and he can do it. All right, we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks for having me. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Play him is out. Play him. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. See you, my friend. Eno Saris, our national baseball columnist from The Athletic, breaking it down. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 